Hello everybody, this is Nikki from It's Going to Be Okay, and it's been two weeks since I recorded a new episode, and um, I did not plan on that, but however, the had some things come up, time got away from me, and that's just how it went. So, I'm here today, and I'm going to pick up where I left off. So today, I'm going to talk about breaking the cycle of depression. So... Um, interesting topic. I come from a family of mental disorders, behavioral disorders, and it seems like they were not addressed, which is something that they didn't do. Um, you know, my great grandmother, my grandmother and my mother still today, my mother refuses to, she acknowledges that she gets depressed, but she refuses to, um, take care of it take medication, which is her choice. However, I did not want to live that way. And um, so, but how do we break the cycle of depression? So breaking the cycle of depression within a family requires a multifaceted approach that addresses emotional, uh, psychological, and environmental factors. Um, and then I've got three huge uh, talking points to that I'm going to go over. So, um, in the meantime, um, before I get started, I just want to remind everybody that if you're listening to the podcast, just go to iTunes and rate and review. And if you're um, watching it on in YouTube, if you could comment, like, and subscribe, I would greatly appreciate that. So um, without further delay, let's get started. Shoot, I forgot I wasn't using my mouse today. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the podcast, Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. My name is Nikki and I am a life coach and mental health advocate for moms. My mission is to help moms move forward with confidence as they overcome the hurdles of mental health struggles. I have personally experienced the challenges, the challenges of depression and anxiety and I know how hard it can be to feel like you're just surviving day to day, but with the right tools and guidance, it's possible to not just survive, but to thrive. As a coach, I provide support, encouragement, and practical skills to help moms build resilience and regain control over their lives. Through my work, I have seen firsthand the transformation that can occur when moms are empowered to take charge of their mental health and well-being. So if you're a mom who's feeling overwhelmed, anxious, or just not yourself, I want you to know that it's going to be okay. I'm here to help you navigate these challenges and move towards a life where you feel confident, fulfilled, and thriving. Let's connect and get started. Hello. So like I said in the opening, um, we are going to talk about breaking the cycle of depression. And so usually um, depression is a, a multi-generational thing. And um, it's I believe it's a biological and an environmental um, thing that we all have to um, deal with when we grow up with it. Um, for the longest time, I didn't realize that um, when my mom would get um, really sad in the winter times or I didn't know that was depression. You know, I just thought she would just get gloomy, you know, because we were stuck inside during the winter times, you know. Um, and then during the spring and summer, you know, 
even though we did get to go outside, um, you know, she would be short tempered or whatever. So, um, and that's, you know, nothing against her or whatever. She was a single mom taking care of five kids. I mean, it's a miracle she's <laughs> made it this far without losing all of her marbles. So, um, but we find out that um, when one person in the family has depression, that most likely there's more than one. And for some reason, I grew up thinking that um, it was an environmental thing. So like it was a learned behavior. So I knew that, you know, if my mom did this, then I was more than likely going to be depressed in the wintertime or I would react a certain way um, to situations and, you know, I react, react to a situation negatively instead of in a positive manner. Uh, and that was just because that's how I was raised and that's how, you know, the people around me reacted. So I thought that's how I should react. Um, but, you know, now that things have gotten, you know, we learned know more about mental health. Uh, we know that a lot of it is um, a biological um, you know, within our bodies, in our minds. Like, so in saying that, I felt like um, even though I did try to take care of myself, I did not um, educate my kids well enough about the the whole thing. So, you know, I felt like if I kept it away from them, that they would not be affected by it. If I kept it away from their dad was a manic depressive, you know, I was bipolar. So if I kept it away from them, they would not be affected by it. However, that's not true. Now that they're adults, um, they're dealing with their own um, issues and it's it's not good at all. So um, and so now I'm trying to be supportive and, you know, talking to them and, you know, trying to, you know, give them the tools to, in direction that they need. Um, so anyway, so the talking points to have are uh, number one is open communication and education. So anytime you don't know anything about a subject, the first thing you should do is just to learn more about that subject as much as you can. Pros, cons, you know, who's against it um, and who's for it. So um, that way you have a better understanding, you know, not just who's for it and who's against it. That way you have a better base knowledge of and decide for yourself how you want to to the next steps that you want to take. Uh, step uh, point number two is healthy coping mechanisms and support. So as we become adults, we need to learn um, good coping skills. You know, when we are in these situations, how are we going to cope in these situations? Um, what are some skills that we can learn? Um, so when we um, are in a depressive mode or if we are you know a loved one is in a depressive mode how can we support them you know because um, as mental health becomes more prevalent you know and and there are people that don't have to deal with that you know and thank goodness they don't so how can they be a support to you you know how can you know you support a loved one that is you know that does have to deal with you know de that depression depression or some sort of a and then the last point is, um, I keep going to my mouse. I ran out of ports. Okay. So I got me a new microphone. I love it. Um, it wasn't the exact one that I wanted, but it's better than the one I had. And so it's a USB. And then 
to have better internet support because I was uh, flaking out on the internet sometimes. Um, I had to get a, um, a converter. So, and then I got me a bigger monitor. And so I needed to use the HDMI. So I ran out of ports. <laughs> I'm running out of orifices over here, people. <laughs> so anyway, I've, since I'm using my laptop to read off my points, I'm using my touchpad and I keep forgetting. I need to just get it away from here. That way I, uh, so I thought, well, I could still use my mouse if I use my, my actual camera, but the battery is only 15 minutes long. Um, and I can't keep it plugged in to run the video. I, there's a setting in there. And I haven't figured out how to manipulate it to keep it on. And so I'm thinking, okay, either figure out the setting or get a battery that will run longer than 15 minutes. Um, my car, memory card is 90 minutes. So, I mean, I figured that part out. I got that part in here. It's too much sometimes. Anyway, so... Anyway, so the thing of it is, I keep forgetting I'm not using my mouth. Okay, so let's, um, so point number three is positive lifestyle changes and prevention. That's an important thing, people. Positive lifestyle changes. So when most people discover that they have depression is when they are in the middle of a pile of crap. <laughs> when their life is upside down. And the poo-poo is hitting the fan and the room is stinking up. So um, that's usually when we find out that, oh, crap, nothing's turning out right. Um, everything I'm doing is is a mess. I'm Everything I'm doing is wrong, right? You know, and, or, and I'm sleeping all the time. I'm not eating right. I've gained weight or I've lost weight. I'm losing days. I don't know what time it is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm forgetting things. You know, all of those things that um, we've all, you know, experienced from one point to another. So that is usually when we've discovered that we are in a funk. You know, when we are, or we are depressed is, and that's when we have to decide wow, I've got to make a change or I'm going to spiral out of control and my life is not going to be worth a piece of crap. Yeah, I'm using the word crap a lot or a pile of poo. So, um, so those are the three talking points that I am going to go over today. So um, anyway, and unfortunately, um, generational um, depression, it has to start somewhere, people. I mean, you can't just say, this is, I am what I am. That's what Popeye used to say. I am what I am. You know, well, no. If if you want change in your life, you have to be the one to say, I am going to take a stand and that change is going to start with me, okay? Did I say change is going to be easy? No. Change is never easy. So, but you know, it, it can be easy. It can get easy. So let me see here. If I feel like I'm over here doodling around, I'm not. I'm just trying to get my mouse. So, okay. So, the, so number one, open communication and education. So 
What you want to do is encourage open and non-judgmental communication within the family about mental health and depression. So you create an environment where family members feel safe discussing their fit and struggles. So if you know someone in your family that is struggling, you know, it's just, you just get it out in the open and with love and compassion, talk about that. Um, do they need help? Do they, do they need a, a number, you know, are they talking about, heaven forbid, a suicide? Then you find the suicide prevention number and you give it to them. Help them save it in their phone. You know, put it on their favorites. Um, do they need a ride to, you know, do they need to schedule an appointment? Do they need a ride to the doctor? You know, sometimes we need to give up ourselves to help that person. And we need to be selfless about it. Um that's the way we pay forward is to be selfless about it. Um, you know, be open about it. Let them know that they're in a safe space, that they can talk to you about it. A lot of people don't feel safe talking to other people about their emotions, about their mental health, about the fact that there's some days they go and go and go and they don't know what the heck they've been doing. They have been in robot mode and they don't even know if they've eaten. They don't even know if they wiped their butt when they went to take a dump in the toilet. They don't even know if they've showered or put deodorant on or brushed their Seriously. And they need someone that cares. So if you have a family member out there and they're smelling like a little B.O., you know, give them, show them some little love and tender kindness. We all need that. We all need that. And if you don't know how to broach the subject... You pick up your smartphone, we all have them, and you Google it, you know, or reach out to me and say, hey, Nikki, I have a loved one, and I don't, I know there's something going on. I don't know what to say to them. You know, I don't know how to get the conversation started. So you create an open and non-judgmental judgment, you know, communication, and you just ask them, hey, are you doing okay? You know, are you, are you feeling sad or are you taking care of yourself, you know? Um, do you need anything? And maybe they're not feeling sad. Maybe they just don't have any money to buy soap. I mean, I don't know. You don't know until you have those conversations. So, um, you know, you got to create an environment where family members feel safe dis discussing their feelings and their struggles. And that's the first thing you need to do. I know these conversations are from the, the point, the point of view of someone that's not struggling with depression. Um, but I felt like it was important because a lot of times I talk about things from someone who has depression and getting them to, to get out of their comfort zone and to, to push themselves to talk to somebody. But sometimes the, I don't want to say normal people, you know, because we all have our things that we have to deal with. So I want you to open your eyes, be observant around your family, you know, and friends, you know, if you have friends or co-worker, if you're still working in an environment around you, you notice someone kind of down, you know, just smiling at them. And, um, you know, but it's easier for us to get involved with our family. So what you want to do is educate family members about the signs and symptoms of depression. So I do have a free um, PDF. <laughs> I forgot the freaking three letter word the three letters pdf about signs of depression so 
and in emphasizing that it's a medical condition and not a personal weakness. For the longest time, we looked at people who had these symptoms not as depression, not as a medical condition, but as a personal weakness, and we put them down for it, which was the wrong thing to do. We should never have done that. We should never, ever have done that, right? I mean, but that's the beauty of human, of being a human being. We, we can grow and learn and transform and just um, become better people. So this understanding, it reduces stigma and it, it definitely encourages early intervention. Uh, what it does is it helps your loved one become um, get to the doctor sooner. And maybe they need medicine, maybe they don't. A lot of times, talk therapy is all they need, um, which is a form of counseling. And to me, talk therapy is like, it's the bomb. Because you can just go and just talk. And it helps you uh, just talk out your feelings and just be able to express yourself in a positive manner. And recognize um, how to express yourself positively without feeling rejected, without feeling down about yourself and learning to say those things and then recognizing how you can work on those things and, um, and not feel bad about yourself because those are just things that we need to work on, you know, so. Um, and then the last point for point one is, you know, there are tons of resources out there. You know, there's books, articles, and videos to help family members learn more about depressions and how it can manage, treat it. I don't know how many um, channels I subscribe to about depression and anxiety and just um, learning things that I can do to help myself. And some of them are so simple, but the thing that you have to do is find the one, one or two things that work for you because we're all different. What may work for me may not work for you. Okay. So my favorites are just sitting in quietly. Um, a lot of times I used to just go. First thing I would do was turn on the TV and put noise on. And then I would pick up my phone and start either getting on social media or turn my game on and just start you know and just numbing out well now i try to just like when i'm done working or i just come from a busy situation it's just taking a few minutes just to be in a quiet space and that helps me a lot you know i do like to colors i do coloring and just loving on my dog and my pets or talking son my husband i mean sometimes that's all you need is just a change of scenery or going outside and taking a walk, you know, or just sitting outside and getting some fresh air. So those are some simple, simple things that you, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, rocket science. It doesn't have to be anything like that at all. So, okay. Point number two, healthy coping mechanisms and support. Now this one to me will probably be the hardest one because the, once you find these, um, coping skills that you feel are working for you then you it's like a muscle you have to it's like an exercise you have to keep doing it and doing it and doing it until it gets easier for you and it's second nature and 
Okay. And sometimes you think they're working and then they don't work or they stop working. And then you have to try something else, which is frustrating, but you don't give up. You just keep doing it. You just keep trying. Okay. And it's not easy stuff, people. So healthy coping mechanisms and support. So first, um, point two a promote healthy coping mechanism for dealing with stress and negative emotions. So some of these um, encourage activities like exercise, meditation, or if you're um, Christian or whatever type of religion you are, um, there's all escaping my brain right now, um, praying, creative hobbies, um, spending time in nature, which these all can create positively impact, can positively impact mental well-being so friday night um we have two huge trees in our on our property and they're all the time dropping branches. and so the past few years we've just been we had this big brush pile we just keep piling 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 and i have been wanting to get rid of that and usually what i do is just trim them down tie them up and then our recycler comes and picks them up well, this summer I was like, kind of have a bonfire, you know, but you know, who's going to do that? Well, finally I told my son, you know what? Month of December, uh, December, Jesus, that would be a sight in the middle of snow or whatever, having a bonfire outside. It's not really a bonfire. It's just a small little enclosed fire. But, um, anyway, so September on Friday nights, let's have this little pit fire until we burn up all of our wood. And then we'll get rid of our, our fire, our branches. So, um, so we got started it. We invited some people over. It was a great time and we had a blast. But what I did was I took my sandals off and I dug my toes into cool grass. I was like, oh my God, this felt so good. I had it forever, you know, and I just like felt this like calmness and I like, I need, why haven't I done this all summer? Just walked in the cool grass, you know? Probably because I was probably going to step in some poop or something, you know, but geez, this episode has got to have a poop theme or something, but just ignore that I've, anyway, so getting into nature, I mean, it's incredible the effects that nature has on us, like smelling the flowers and listening to the trees, hearing the waterfalls. And we were, uh, Oliver and I were watching a part of an episode and it was about New Zealand and they've got these sulfuric springs that has a lot of healing power. So the Mori, when they would do battle, would go to these springs that they had wounds. They would rub this mud, this sulfuric mud on their wounds and it would have healing effects on them. It's like an antibiotic type, um, effect on them and you know oliver was just talking about how amazing it was how the earth has these healing um attributes to it you know and how we can use that still today to help us and i'm like i i know it's amazing and then you know friday we had the fire going and we were just mesmerized by the fire and the little glowing coals and just how calming it was to us and um so, so definitely take advantage of that. And it was free. You know, we just had to put the work in to get it started. So, 
Um, so to be create a strong support network within the family. Um, hopefully you do have family that you can rely on when you're having a depressive or you're in a manic state or a depressive state or whatever it is. If you don't, then you need to reach out to me. Um, I will be your family. I have a whole group of ladies that would love to be your support system. Um, we support each other and we are there for each other when we are going through things. And it's very um, euphoric, you know, and it's very reassuring to know that if I have anything going on, that I can reach out to them. I mean, trust me, my life is far from, like, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> so I know if I still need help, if you need help, we can do this together. So, you know, getting a strong network within your family, emphasizing empathy, active listening. Does anybody do active listening more? Um, emotional validation of um, sharing experiences and providing emotional support can help members feel less isolated and more understood. So I like hearing when people are, when I hear someone that's been through something that I've went through because, and they, and I look at them and I see that, oh, they seem to, to be more positive because of that. Then I know that I'm more, I, if they can get through it, then I can get through it, right? So I feel like that's that sums up, right? So if that happens to me, then that can happen for you. So that's what you need to do is, you know, ask people, you know, hey, have you have you been through this kind of situation? If you have, I'm telling me, like, what did you? How did you? How did you take care of this problem? How did you experience? It? You know, because I'm kind of feeling lost. You know, but you're gonna have to put yourself out there, you know, or you could say. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> so, and then point two C, if needed, consider involving a mental health professional, such as a therapist or counselor, um, who can guide the family in developing effective coping strategies and communication skills. So, if you come from a family who's like totally sucks at communicating, then yeah, maybe you do need to get a hold of your doctor and say, hey, can you, you know, um, refer me to a, um, a counselor or somebody I can talk to because I'm need and so and there's plenty of people out there I see that a uh, commercial better help you know and they um you know they have that virtual app or they have an app and you can talk to someone virtually so they're like someone on the fly and now like my doc he's just a general practitioner but if I have something going on um I can email him hey this is happening right now. What what can I do to help? You know, and he'll respond when he can. So if it's a 911 thing, then obviously he'll like, you better call 911. But if it's a non-emergency, then so. But yeah, I definitely uh, would definitely reach out to a health professional um, if you are not having any luck with getting anybody to listen to your family or a friend or whatever. Especially if you have someone who obviously cares. But the advice they're giving you is uh, not solid, you know. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, just, just go rob a bank. You'll get a rush from it and uh, you'll feel lots better. <laughs> but, you know, you end up in prison for, for a long time. Yeah, you don't want to do that, people, okay? That's, that's not good. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. To so um, I would rather you go talk to a health professional. 
than end up in prison. Uh, okay, so point number three, um, positive lifestyle changes and prevention. So 3A, uh, focus on adopting a healthy lifestyle lifestyle that includes a balanced diet, regular exercise, and sufficient sleep. Uh, your physical well-being can have a significant impact on mental health. So I always think for the longest time before I even heard this come about, I always thought of my brain as like a, like your computer brain, you know, like your computer. And so, you know, it goes in sleep modes and then sometimes it wakes up and you've got it scheduled to do like a deep rag and all that good stuff. So you have to get sufficient sleep so that your brain can do all that. And it has to do that every day. It has to go through all the stuff that you, um, that it accessed throughout the day, has to put it all back in its place, reorganize it, you know, so that it can be used again for the next day. That's just how I think of my brain. Your brain may not be that messy. It may be well organized. Mine's not. So I have to have sufficient. Um, so you have to eat regularly and you have to have regular movement. So I'm realizing more now that I'm older that I have to move on a regular basis because if I sit too long and, and don't forget I my job is that's all I do is sit and work at a computer and if I sit too long I cannot I'm stiff I have to get up and or I can't get up and like I can hardly so we have our bodies are designed to be up moving around getting that blood moving your blood carries that oxygen that oxygen and blood has to get to, I mean the oxygen has to get to your brain and that's what helps you positively, right? So one of the things I've learned this summer is that um, I had a um, hair test done and my body was low on protein. And protein, once you increase your protein, you're depression and you're not as depressed. So all of that is intermingled together, okay? So you have to have a, a good balanced diet. And when I am not eating regularly and I'm not getting my proteins in, my other uh, supplements in that I need, um, I will be dragging and dragging. And then I can't think properly. I can't think straight. And then it just goes downhill from there. So uh, point 3B, encourage a sense of purpose and accomplish by setting achievable goals and celebrating successes together. This can boost self-esteem and motivation within the family. So what you want to do is set achievable goals. So you want quick wins and then you want a long-term goal, right? So like for me, I wanted... Um, when I went through my really bad bout of depression 20, um, my main goal was to make things right with my son, um, which that did not happen for a long time. It was over a year. And so, but in the meantime, what could Nikki do? So Nikki decided to work on herself, um, because that was the only thing I was in control of was myself. So I started working on making sure I was taking medication. I started uh, working on my house. My house, I mean, when you have kids that have grown up in a home that you provided for them, they think it's okay just to leave and leave all their stuff here. They take what they want with them. And and you're left here holding, <laughs> taking care of everything. So I slowly started going through things. And trust me, like I'm looking at my office slash studio and I'm like, 
if you all knew, I wish I had just taken pictures of all the stuff I have gotten out of this place. Uh, you would think my house would be barren, but it's not. I still have more stuff to, to get out of here. But I've gotten, I've accomplished a lot. So that was one thing was my home, myself, my help, help, my home. And then there's just other goals that I've been working toward, you know, my podcast, um, my coaching. So I've just slowly, just gradually have grown as a person over, you know, since 2020. And I've made so much improvement. Do I still get depressed? And do I still suffer with anxiety? Heck yeah, I do. But I've developed skills. All of this stuff that I talk to you people about, I do. I have to work. I have to use these things myself. Because otherwise, I would drive myself insane. I would drive my family. You know, I have to take medication. I have to do all of that stuff. So, I wouldn't be just sitting here telling y'all to do this stuff if I didn't feel like it worked. I mean, I would be a hypocrite. So, okay. Um, then my very last point is fostering and nurturing a positive environment at home. Express gratitude. Practice mindfulness. And engage in activities that promote joy and laughter. These positive experiences can counteract the negative impact of depression. So, my, I love that that we talk about expressing gratitude, being grateful for what we have, being grateful for what we've accomplished, practicing mindfulness, being intentional. This stuff doesn't just fall out of the sky and it just happens. You have to practice. You know, you just don't take a pill that the doctor gives you and everything is just miraculously better. I mean, the medication helps you feel better so that you can start practicing these skills and building those muscles so that when these life situations come at you, you totally are not bulldozed over and feel like the sky is falling off. It doesn't happen overnight, people. And when you are always feel like you're putting out fires and not preventing fires, then you need to be practicing some of these. And and even though this is like definitely talking about depression, a lot of the stuff you can do for any situation. It doesn't just have to be, well, I don't have depression, so I don't need to practice. You can practice mindfulness. You can practice promoting joy and laughter in your, you know, these are all, these can go for anybody, you know. I mean, seriously, don't be so obtuse. And um, let me make sure I, crap, I did it again. <laughs> I went to the stupid mouse. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, like healthy coping mechanisms. Anybody can do these, you know. Nobody's life's perfect. I mean, we all have stress. Just because we're not specifically diagnosed with depression, we all get stressed from work. We all get overloaded from, you know, family stuff. So, yeah, we can all do exercise. We can all meditate. We can all do hobbies, you know, whatever it is you like to do. Take your kids and go spend time in, and, um... Make sure you have time laughing and being mindful with them so that, you know, they do learn these coping skills because you never know when they get older, when they become a teenager. I mean, I am so worried about our kids these days and the things they're facing. I mean, I 
am so glad I'm not raising my kids in this, today's, like, the COVID things and things that are going on that I hear are happening. I would be, <laughs> I think I would probably dig a hole in the ground and stick us in it and be like, no, we are not going out of this hole until it's all done. <laughs> now, I know that's not a reasonable response, but anyway. So, let's review. I went for the mouse again. So breaking the cycle of depression within a family requires a multifaceted approach that addresses emotional, psychological, and emotional factors. So you are open communication uh, and education. So you educate yourself. You research things. You know, on the internet, there's so much on the internet. Um, you look up healthy coping mechanisms and provide a support group for your family. Create a positive lifestyle change and prevention. So the very last thing I want to go over is remember breaking the cycle of depression requires ongoing effort, patience, and commitment to change. It's important, to, you know, to approach this with, you know, these specific needs of your family. Um, if depression is severe or persistent, you need to make sure they go to the doctor um, because if it's undiagnosed, then it's, it could be life-threatening. They could die because they could either commit suicide or they don't take care of themselves and then other things could happen because of it. So I hope this has been helpful for you. If you have family member and you're like, I don't know what the heck to do with these people um, and you've just kind of been at a loss and they're really not taking care of themselves. Now granted, they may act like they don't care, but they care, but they don't they may not know what to do. Maybe they're wanting someone to give them a push. Maybe you're that person. So it's just best to put yourself out there and help them. If you have any questions, you know, please reach out to me. And I've been revamping my whips. I've been revamping my website. Dear Lord, I've been revamping my website. Okay. So you can reach out to me there or you can reach out, reach out to me on Facebook. It's going to be okay, and um, I would be glad to help. And um, so anyway, I hope you have a wonderful, a wonderful, Jesus, I am talking like Elmer Fudd. It's time for me to go, people. Have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.